0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 10th. And this is your FT News Briefing. Wall Street is shrugging off tensions between the U.S. and China. And the ECB is addressing the strong Euro. Plus, LVMH is trying to back out of its $16.5 billion deal to buy Tiffany. Will their arguments hold up in court? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Donald Trump said the U.S. economy should decouple from China. But Wall Street didn't get the memo. Powerful financial institutions are trying to strike deals in China even as things get more tense between Washington and Beijing. BlackRock was approved for a partnership with a state-owned bank in China. And it's important because BlackRock is the world's biggest asset manager. Just a few days later, Vanguard said it would relocate its regional headquarters to Shanghai Meanwhile, Citigroup is now the first U.S. bank to get a fund custody license in the country. The moves come as Beijing moves to liberalize its heavily protected capital markets. And American institutions want to get in now. One consultancy estimates that China will overtake the U.K. as the world's second largest fund market by 2023. The euro has become a lot stronger over the past few months and it's worrying policymakers at the European Central Bank. The main concern is a euro that's valued too high against other currencies could hold back the EU economy and drag down prices. So when the ECB's governing council meets today, this issue will be a main focus. And as the FT's Frankfurt bureau chief Martin Arnold explains, the ECB has to react from last month's move by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve a
1: couple of weeks ago announced a new strategy which gives more weight to the labour market and less weight to inflation per se. And they've also signalled a willingness to allow inflation to overshoot their target. Now, that more dovish stance by the Federal Reserve has added to the downward pressure on the US dollar and the euro has appreciated more. So, People expect Christine Lagarde to be asked about this, the ECB president, and she's likely to try and talk down the euro as much as she can. But if they're really concerned about the euro, the most effective tool is to cut interest rates. But interest rates are already deeply negative in the eurozone, so they're thought to be quite reluctant
0: to take that step. So Martin, do you expect any major actions out of today's meeting?
1: I don't think there will be any major action. I don't think there will be any big changes to monetary policy. I think Christine Lagarde will try to talk about the euro and indicate that it's being monitored. What she could do also is talk about the pace of asset purchases. Now, ECB has already launched a huge 1.35 trillion euro emergency purchase program to buy lots of assets, mostly sovereign bonds over the next year or so. Christine Lagarde could indicate that there's a capacity to increase the pace of that. She could also say that they're ready and willing to increase the size of their overall asset purchase plan and even ultimately to further lower interest rates if the recovery starts to falter and if inflation doesn't show signs of bouncing back.
0: If you know Louis Vuitton and Moet, you know their parent, LVMH, the world's largest luxury group. And last year, it moved to add U.S. jewelry company Tiffany to its collection. Now, LVMH said it had to pull out of the nearly $16.5 billion deal to acquire Tiffany after the French government urged delays. But Tiffany isn't buying this excuse. I'm joined by the FT's U.S. Corporate Finance and Deals Editor, James Fontanella-Khan. James, the deal
2: sounds dead. Is the deal dead? Mark, this deal is far from dead. It's going to be litigated in the courts, and it's going to be a bitter fight on all aspects.
0: So James, if it's far from dead, what are both sides arguing here? What, what What are their cases?
2: On the one hand, you have LVMH saying that, It cannot complete the deal, not because it doesn't want to, but because the French government has asked them to delay the deal until after January 6th in retaliation for measures taken by the U.S. government to put tariffs on European consumer goods, in particular luxury goods. And so they say, look, we would like to close this deal. The deadline is on November 24th. Unfortunately, we can't do it. But the truth is, you know, LVMH was looking for ways to get out of this. So it's using this excuse. The French government is putting this roadblock. We're very sorry. Tiffany ain't buying this. Absolutely not. They say there's enough time to complete this deal. We can get an extension. If we want to close this deal, it can be done. But given that it understands that LVMH isn't really keen to close the deal, and it will be a court in Delaware to decide whether or not there's a justified reason to walk away from this deal or not.
0: So, James, you said that LVMH was kind of looking for a way to get out of this deal anyway. Why was it hoping for this to fall apart?
2: Well, we should like kind of back up a second. You know, this deal was agreed in November 2019. And so they agreed. And initially, they got, you know, the regulatory process was moving ahead to get it done. Then COVID comes. COVID-19 changed everything. And so a lot of deals that were agreed pre-COVID, before the pandemic, well, the economics simply changed because a lot of sectors got hit by the lockdowns that followed the pandemic. And so, you know, sales for luxury brands like Tiffany's and LVMH suffered massively. And so LVMH felt they paid a lot for Tiffany. And suddenly the value of the company had understandably gone down significantly. And so ever since then, it was looking for ways to either recut the deal and Tiffany never played ball. They said, you know, the terms of the deal were agreed in November. we got to stick to those deals. We've been affected like every other company. There's no, it's nobody's fault. And so that's where we are at the moment.
0: So this, this comes down to what a court decides, James. Is there any indication how this might play out?
2: When things go to court, you're never sure of, of, you know, the outcome. But one thing that I can definitely tell you is like, it's very, very, and I underscore very difficult to get out of an agreed deal. Uh, There's very few examples in the US. The courts tend to side with the parties respecting the agreement, uh, but we don't really know if COVID can be considered a material adverse effect. Something needs to change that is unusual, but it's just really particular to one company. But in this case, it's very different. Everybody has been impacted by COVID. Obviously some people have been impacted more than others, but effectively this is a global pandemic. It's impacted the whole world. So there's nothing special about Tiffany in this case.
0: Are other companies watching this to see if this sets any precedent in how these kind of court cases will play out for other situations?
2: Absolutely. This case will be followed closely by a lot of companies that agreed deals before the pandemic. Uh, a number of, of, of companies that entered uh, into uh, M&A agreements have been in disputes since the pandemic started precisely because a lot of buyers have the so-called buyer's remorse. They feel like they want to try to find a way of getting out of a deal because you know the economics of it has changed. Everybody's trying to shore up their cash. They don't really want to spend a ton of money on a company that has been clearly affected by the pandemic and might take months, maybe years, to recover.
0: James Fontanella-Khan is the FT's U.S. Corporate Finance and Deals Editor. Thank you, James. Thank you, Mark. And one more thing before we go, the Trump campaign and the Republican National Committee announced they raised $210 million in August. This was well below what Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and Democrats raised last month, $364.5 million. We learned something else about Mr. Trump yesterday. An audio recording from March revealed that Mr. Trump knowingly downplayed the danger and deadliness of COVID-19 to avoid panic. He said this to Washington Post journalist Bob Woodward. The information was just released in Mr. Woodward's new book. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. The FT is holding the first in a series of events examining the world's new economic reality in light of COVID-19. Join U.S. markets reporter Colby Smith and our U.S. pharma and biotech correspondent Hannah Kushler next week. They'll consider what's next in the race for a vaccine. That conversation will be on Tuesday, September 15th at noon U.S. Eastern Time. You can learn more at FT.com slash reality or find the link in the show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools,